Hey everybody, superfan Giovanni here. Welcome to Classic Love Line, episode 571, from December 7th, 1997. No guest tonight, just the love between the two hosts. A Sunday night show. And the source on this one is an existing JBJ tape that I transferred back in 2008. And with that, we have a new Kevin tape, and there's actually uh, nine known copies of this that exist online. A couple are impartial, and there's another three or four I have here that haven't been uh, introduced into the public archives yet. So with this show alone, there's over ten copies I've personally transferred at least three times. And to find the exact right one to air in the feed was exceedingly difficult. Each transfer has unique sound characteristics to make it a little bit better than the other one, a little bit worse. Most of them have a background hiss or high-pitched tone. There's even an official studio tape, but it was transferred by someone other than me on a different rig than the one I use, so the background noise is quite heavy. Ultimately, I chose to go with the JBJ tape. This is definitely in my top 10 all-time episodes. It's one of the funniest episodes you'll ever hear. If you're trapped on an island with only 10 episodes of Loveline, you'd want this to be one of them. If you're in a bad mood, this is an episode that will bring you out of it. Just uh, ear-to-ear smiles across the board. This is the episode where Adam discusses his dining experience at a fat burger at 2 a.m. after K-Rock's acoustic Christmas. With this specific recording, later in the show when they play certain things, uh, there's certain tones to that audio that you can't find online when you go to buy them elsewhere or track them down in any other way. Part of it seems to be the transfer, but also the other part seems to be whatever playback medium Engineer Mike is using, along with Adam's accompaniment. Really good stuff. I was able to go in and restore each break that were cut uh, short abruptly due to tape and time constrictions, and flesh out the rest of the recording. So this is the most complete version ever to exist in one file, and probably the best sound you're going to come across. Listen to this one in the car, turn it up loud, smile. As per usual, this is recorded in 1997. Some of the medical information may be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Cathwell on Current Day Loveline. 1-800-LOVE-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast One, on Facebook, Podcast One there as well, and PodcastOne.com, the home of all your favorite podcasts. Mahalo and get on. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. With Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Would you sleep with sick women? I may be pregnant, but I'm still a man. Spank the unruly ones. It's indecent, it's vulgar, it's blasphemous. I'm gonna ride you that you can't stand up. Come on, come on, let's go down. For an adult audience, Loveline may contain sexually oriented content. Listener discretion is advised. Here's Loveline with Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. Yeah, hey, yes. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. I'm Adam Carolla. That is the good doctor. To my left, that is uh, Dr. Drew. He's a board-certified physician and addiction medicine specialist. How are you, Doc? I'm all right. How are you? Good. A lot of, uh, saw each other quite a bit over the weekend. Yes, we better get used to that, I guess. Worked a little on Friday, trying to uh, line up the new gal for the MTV show. Don't go there. All right. Um, then after that, we went to the fabulous uh, K-Rock, Almost Acoustic Christmas. Uh, big, big uh, show on Friday, and then also on Saturday. Now, um, good show. Yeah. I, uh, a lot of the bands, and mm, three-quarters of the bands that were on the bill were uh, on our show at one time or another. Right. 
uh, Everclear, Fiona Apple, Save Ferris, Sugar Ray. groups like that. Sugar Ray. Yeah, Third Eye Blind. Third Eye Blind. Okay. Ooh, Drew. Look out, everybody. <laughs> it's a whole new hip Drew. The only two bands I saw the whole weekend. Right. Because they forced us to see them. Because right. uh, they put us up in the skybox and made us broadcast. Yeah, which, right. which Drew did nothing, by the way. Thank you. The thing, uh, I shouldn't even be at those things. I really, I really, no, uh, yeah, you shouldn't yeah, be there. I, right. no, unless somebody has like a but, seizure or something. Yeah, but it's not, I mean, I have no business there. I uh, don't enjoy it. Uh, I, it's not right for me. I, I just shouldn't be there. I really should. I mean, I enjoy seeing everybody and everything, but that's it. I, I should walk in and say hi. And right. Have a bagel or whatever. They have a chip with everybody and uh, go home. Did you hear the girl screaming, though, when he was introduced? Oh, oh Drew? God. Yeah. Drew. Were you there? Yeah. Yeah, Engineer Mike was there. He started whispering in my ear while I was drunk, sitting sitting down somewhere, and thought it was a crazed fan. As it turns out, uh, it was. But he also uh, works with is the engineer of the show. Uh, yeah, the chicks love Drew, and Drew. Yeah, you ought to you ought to do what you you ought to make appearances at those events, like like Bob Hope doing like visiting the troops or doing a USO show, where you just kind of blow in, uh, wave at a few people, sign a couple autographs, and it's back into the chopper. And uh, the chopper whisked you back away to the uh, safety and the warmth of uh, your hometown, Pasadena. Yeah. All right, anyway, so we saw some good bands, and uh, it was a real good night. 311 was real good last night. Green Day was great. Now, did you stick around for Green Day after we introduced them? No, I did not. I heard. Oh, great show. I heard that. Uh, Green Day is always good live. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Who the hell else? Uh, David Bowie was real good. Sugar Ray was good. Sugar Ray uh, and Third Eye Blind. Yeah. As a matter of fact, if we don't. Beck was good. Everclear was good. If we don't. Um, Fiona was good. All right. Let's stop mentioning people because then we're gonna uh, leave somebody out. Right. And, right, uh, right. Kiss my ass, Adam. Right. That's Fiona, right? Yeah. And I ran into Poe. I did too. And uh, she's a and she big, long, is, tall glass of water. And I'm telling you, she is like a heat-seeking missile about the coffee and donuts project. Yeah, she's she right. She is absolutely, categorically going to do this, and really wants to set up a time to get with us. She's uh, she's writing a um, cop buddy. She wants it to be a screenplay now. Screenplay um, about Drew and myself, or we'll star in it. Yeah. Coffee and donuts. Um, let's see. You play uh, Dr. Charles Coffee. Right. A uh, renowned uh, pathologist, right? Who works forensic pathologist? Forensic pathologist who works for the uh, CIA's uh, pathology lab. I play um, Chad Everett. <laughs> no, I'm Donetti. Oh, Donetti. That's, that's where donuts comes in. You oh, right, idiot. right, 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 right. I play Joey Donetti, a tough, streetwise Chicago cop who plays by his own rules. Uh, by the way, and we're forced to work on a big case together. It starts out. It's in relation to some radio talk show fiasco. Right. Yeah, that's good. A little inside stuff right. there. Drew is real straight laced. You know, he has a bow tie on, and you know, any any chance of rain, he has the umbrella out, and I'm real tough and I wear like a beat up leather jacket and combat boots around and you know if I don't get information out of somebody I just punch him in the gut I punch him right in the gut <laughs> you know Drew yeah, yeah, yeah it's one of these things where I'm eating a chili dog and you're you're saying Cross do you off. know what's in that <laughs> This has never been done before right I've never heard oh, of we'll be oh. Break. oh this New will crowd. be huge yeah. huge Huge. I think it's got to be closer to uh, like airplane or you know. No, no. I think we, I think, I think we play it straight. All right. All right. Anyway, so uh, real good show. And the thing that's funny is, is um, whenever and I've had the chance to do this a few times now, but I, I never get rushed like I do here in my home turf. Uh, whenever I go to do these radio shows, 
in uh, Washington, D.C. or Minneapolis or something like that. They give you the mic and they go, go ahead and introduce right. the band and right. take your sweet time. As right. a matter of fact, they don't tell you any time constraint. They just hand you a mic. Go out on stage, uh, say hi to everybody, uh, uh, sing the dreidel song, do whatever it is you want to do. And when you're done, no. introduce Sugar Ray. Here it was, yeah. 15 seconds, Adam. You have 15 seconds. Maybe 20. But the funny thing the mic, is... And then they go... <laughs> Drew was doing the two-handed wrap-it-up spool maneuver. Yeah. The funniest thing in the world, they go, all right, Third Eye Blind is in the last song of their set. It's an engineer guy with the headphones on. I'm going to hand you, because we're not on the stage, we're on the sofa, which is in the, the middle, middle, of the, middle of the arena, but the spotlight will hit you on the sofa, and you'll bring out Green Day. Okay. Okay, this is the end of the last song. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to hand you the mic. When we hand you the mic, uh, we'll turn the light on. The mics will be hot. We'll cue you at that point. When we cue you, say hi, do whatever you want, wave to the crowd, and then you bring on Green Day. We got about 30 seconds, okay? Um, okay, uh-huh. And you're sitting there. Guy hands you the mics. All of a sudden, he points at you. And as fast as he can get his finger from the point position into the wrap-it-up uh, movement, physicality. Yeah, yeah. He's right into it. So it's like he, someone hands you a mic and you go, "Hello, LA!" And there's a guy going, "Wrap it up!" <laughs> and and then, the most thing about myself, "F you!" <laughs> what the hell do you want me to do? I swear to you, you know what I'm going to do one day. I, you know what we're going to do. I, is, is God is my witness? I'm going to use a reverb. <clears throat> Next time we do that, Drew, and the guy gives us the wrap it up as soon as he hands us the mic. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to go, "Hello." And just run. Drop the mic and run. Now, I won't even say Green Day. I'll just go, Green Day, God! And just drop the mic and run. This one got even worse, though. <laughs> Wrap so, it up. So, so we wrapped it up in maybe 15 seconds. Uh, we sat down, and they hand you the mic back again. And go, go. Yeah, go, 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 go again. In which case, uh, I was like, screw you. And I'm sitting down. That was incredible. All right. So, uh, anyway, tons of fun. All the more reason I think I should not uh, be there. Yeah. All right, but the crowd yeah, loves you. Yeah. The crowd loves Drew. It seemed like you were the one getting all the attention. I just walked right on through. No well, I'm big time. That's right. I was, the uh, nappy hair was in full effect. It really I was. normally wear a baseball cap, but uh, it was in full nappy effect last night. And I'll tell you later on tonight how I bought a 10-foot Christmas tree today. For that huge living of yours. Yeah, and then bit off a little more and I could chew trying to negotiate the stairs. Oh. I had like this 30-gallon tub that it was going to mount the tree in that I bought from Ikea. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that the Swedes have it in for us now. And that uh, Ikea is nothing more than a, an elaborate... Um, um, espionage. Espionage. Yeah, yeah it's like yeah. it's it's like a 70,000-foot 70, uh, 70, espionage center so where they like just a, 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 they give us faulty equipment to drive Americans crazy and lead us to an early death. Terrorism. So anyway, the tree fell over. Water was dumping out all oh. over the place. It was, it was really a mess. But, uh, do you oh, do what we do? We tie the tree to the wall. We put rope around it. We buy we a live screw tree. like a hook into the oh, wall. Oh, that's good. And then we hook it to the wall so it doesn't fall over because we get the hugest trees and the stand is always too small. It's too light. I buy a live tree. <clears throat> you give it back and they plant it somewhere. All right. Screw you. It doesn't cost much more to do that. <laughs> really. All right. Uh, no, I'm not listening. Shut Drew's mic off, by the way, with that live tree crap. Uh, and I never buy a big tree. As a matter of fact, I never bought a tree up until two years ago because I, I never made a penny, and 35 bucks was a pretty good chunk of change for me back in the day. 
But my history with trees are, is I come from a family, and I think I told this this time last year, where my mom, one year, or maybe it was two years, cut a branch off the world's... Oh, I can turn his mic back on. He's agreeing with me. Off the world's ugliest pine tree, which is... Um, and it's known as the world's ugliest pine tree that grows in my mom's front yard. They have tours. Uh, tours of people that have low self-esteem and a bad bad image walk by to see the world's ugliest pine tree. It is All the branches are just flat, and they're not even a forest green. They're sort of a Brown. minty, brownish uh. green, and it's flat like, all right, like a, like a, I don't know, like a fan. Like a Theodore she tree. Cut, yeah. the, cut the branch off yeah. and leaned it up against the wall, and we decorated it. It was like a Charlie Brown meets the Manson family. Yes. I'm seriously crying right now. Oh, Jesus. What that doesn't horrible. do for I wonder why he doesn't buy you, buy you presents every Christmas. And you whine about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the the misery this guy's lived through. I get him good gifts. Oh, yeah. And Ann, I didn't get that. I got you like a Start. big bowl or something last yeah, year. You you I, let's do that again this year. Let's, yeah, let's get Ann another bowl. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to give you a frame, Adam. Oh, no, yeah. please. <laughs> please, no friends. But... I don't get trees each year, so um, this a couple of years ago I started, but I've never gotten a big one, and now I have a high ceiling and a big window, and I thought I'm going to uh, celebrate the year because it was a good year for me, and I'm going to get a big 10-foot tree, and I'm going to put it right up in the window for all to see, and um, thing tipped over, I had gallons of water pouring out on the floor, I had to go back to the place where I bought the tree. After after brashly telling them that I don't need their tree stand, I have one at home. Uh, I had to go back with my tail between my legs and buy uh, the tree stand, and it was just a, a complete disaster. Get the live tree. Ended up having to get my router out to route off the base of the tree so that it would fit into the tree stand I got. Uh. I in the living room. Uh, There's sparks flying everywhere. The thing ended up breaking. Here's, uh, here's to the wall. Here is a rule for all you folks. If the trunk of the tree is too large for the opening of the tree stand that you've purchased... Get a new tree stand. Uh, get a new tree yes, stand. Thank you. Yes. Do not shave... <laughs> down do not whittle down the bottom of the tree so that you can stuff it in there that uh, is a, uh, there's a reason him. why they make those in different sizes have you been to his house yet Ann? oh no you gotta go over there julia you gotta see what he's talking about julia yeah. hey you're 24 yeah you're on loveline i am uh, well i had a question for you guys um i haven't been in a relationship for about three years and uh, hold on i want to do my uh impersonation of a um k-rock uh engineer are right, you ready? <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just take this call again. Uh, Julia, you're 24. You're on Loveline. What's your question? Uh, yeah. I'll wrap it up. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. We're out of time. That's it. Wrap it up. Go, throw, uh, throw it back to the van. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Well, I haven't been in a relationship for um, about three years. And Had you routinely been in relationships No. before that? No, I haven't. How many relationships have you been in? Um... Uh, well, I guess I've I've probably dated three guys. How long were those relationships? A short, very oh. short term. How long? Um, all under two months. What What's up with that? You think? I I don't know. Do you want a longer relationship? Uh, <laughs> well, when I realized that it had been a while, you know, probably early this year. So you didn't realize it had been uh, that years had been passing until a few months ago. Um. No. And all I of a sudden, this is the opposite of our usual caller, which is, uh, I can't wait five minutes till my next relationship. <laughs> this thing later says, uh, she, hey, it's 1997. Oh, my God. Yeah. What have well, you, you been doing with your time? Hey, uh, Clinton's in his second term, you know? 
I um, well, I I'm not sure. I I guess you know. I mean, I do you have, do you, are, are, but I mean, are you preoccupied in professional training or something? Are you in school? Or? Well, no, I've kind of been you know kind of hunting around in that department. All right, Julie, you're not up to much of anything, are you? No, well, I I'm working about four jobs. Really? I'm yeah, I'm busy all the time. Why? But I'm starting to wonder if I'm doing that on purpose. Yes. Why? Why four jobs? Um, I don't know. <laughs> That's why I'm calling. I, I don't know. I mean, is there stuff? That you, do you feel better working four jobs? Um, I feel. I think recently I'm thinking. Well, maybe I don't have to um, worry about myself if I just keep busy. And what is it you're worried about with yourself? Um, well. You know, there, there are a lot of things that you have to face when, like what? when, when you're not you like know, what? occupying your time. Well, I don't know. Like, All right. Hold on a second. All right, Drew, I, I can't start the show with the uh, 20 guesses. Yeah. Uh, well, like what? Mm, I don't know. Well, why are you working four jobs? Oh, I don't know. Hard to tell. Uh, you think you're trying to distract yourself? Could be. Don't know. Julia sounds real nice. Yeah. I, I just we can't start the show with the hunt and pack. Okay. All right. Well, Julia, you stay around. We'll go back to you. We'll go back. We'll give you about a minute when we come back to you, but we'll uh, move around and see if we can't get out of the gate with a little more momentum. Chad. Yeah. Uh oh. Uh -oh. Go, go. Now I got a bad feeling about go, Chad. Go here. Uh, Chad, you're 15. And <laughs> Drew's uh, frantically <laughs> writing down uh, other numbers for me to push in. Okay. I'll ask two questions. All right. All right, one, okay, I was seeing this girl for about three and a half months, and I, like, knew her for about six months before we went out, and we were really good friends. We went out, I fell in love with her, she said she loved me, and she cheated on me seven times, and I let every, and five of those times she cheated on me was with my best friend. Well, what does cheating mean? She kissed him, she went down on him, you know, stuff okay. like that. Wow. And mm -hmm. I let it slip. And by the way, you don't need to um, explain the kiss part. You go right to the go down part. <laughs> All right. Because okay. Drew and I both went from, huh, to, oh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like immediately yeah, went, kind of scary. Huh? Oh, oh. Yeah. It's like when you're talking about a car accident or something. You say, well, you know, we, I blew a tire, but you know, I told the car. Oh, right. Go, go right to the part where uh, they had to get a cutting yeah. torch <laughs> out, and uh, the insurance adjuster totaled it. All right. All right. Okay. So... I wasn't friends with him anymore because I just feel like he wasn't a good friend because he screwed me over, but I still was going out with her. Why? Because I loved her. I don't know why people ask me that. I cannot answer that. I don't know why. Well. Mm -hmm. I'm like whipped or something. Yeah, you're you're infatuated. You're in a fantasy here of some type. And, and she's then, taking full advantage well, of that. the world's greatest fantasy. Uh, she's blowing no, your buddy. Right. And that's what he's missing. He's got to come part. up with something he, better he, than that fantasy, in the fantasy department. His fantasy doesn't include that. He's rejecting that. If he really were accepting that, he wouldn't be in the relationship. And that's why everybody's saying, well, why are you in? Yeah. Well, is there a difference between accepting something? I mean, obviously, he accepts it in the sense that he's aware that it's going on, but he's not reacting to it. He's and not maybe emotionally I'm... accepting it. He, he intellectually, uh, he understands it, but he right. really coming to terms with it. He is not. All right. So, Chad, why would you put up with this? Um, I don't know. I've never actually had a really long relationship. I, she was my first girlfriend, and I've always like. I've been attracted to people very easily, mm -hmm. and I've always started liking them really easily. Okay. Well, let, let me say that. Let me um, let me say thing? this, Chad. First girlfriends. This is a little bit tricky, and Drew, I'm sure you'll uh, you'll cop to this as well as as I will. Um, first girlfriends are, are just that, and you don't have anything to compare them to because whatever it is, this is how they are. This is why, by the way, 
so many kids are in such bad shape when their parents do horrible things to them because that, that's all they know. Right. I mean, this is all they have. Their dad represents every man. Their woman, rep uh, their mom represents every woman. And whatever they do to them, they're sort of, sort of doing it on behalf of society. Right. When you have your first girlfriend, that's just how all women are. That's how every relationship's going to be. And if she goes down on your buddy, there's a part of you that knows it's wrong, and then there's a part of you that goes, well, I guess this is just being in a relationship. That, you know what I'm saying that, to some I, degree? I kind of just saying you're also you're dumping in all the fantasies of the unresolved stuff from your primary relationships, from your family. <laughs> and to the extent that that is all superimposed on top of that, mm, you behave accordingly, you know what I'm saying? That uh, if you're a violent, abusive, abusive, that sort of thing, that's how you react when the girlfriend does I just this. mean after... In terms of accepting what happens, yes. It's like, uh, uh, you don't know any better. But you, you get smarter to... after a number. It, look, it's the same thing what happens when you, when you take your first job and your boss is jacking you around. I mean, think of the stuff that was done to you during your first job that there's no way in a second you put up with. Right today you because just know better some of it is you know how to manage yourself some of it is you know what you're worth is. right okay and so, this, this Chad, both apply in this uh, relationship it, it all comes back to you though yeah and you got it you got to extract yourself from this relationship it's not going she's not going to change and uh he's going to go through what you kind of went through i suspect that that whole uh when that fantasy gets uh, exploded on them yeah, you mean uh, years of depression? Mm, potentially depression. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's gonna feel pretty bad. Mm, yeah, but he's 15, and people he's, he's people are more pliable at 15. They tend true. to bounce back. True, he's clingy. Yeah, falls in love real easily. Taking right. abuse in relationships. Right, but it's like uh, it, it it's it's like pulling a Brody on a snowboard at 15 as opposed to 35. Yeah, um, you can still get pretty jacked up at your. Um, you're up and about and back on the snowboard just a little bit faster. Right. And physically and emotionally. Yes. And I think you are uh, when I got jacked over uh, later on in life. Heather. Yes. You're 20. Yes. <laughs> First, I wanted to say to Dr. Drew, mm -hmm. um, you inspired me to go to college. <laughs> oh, great. So I, I'm, I really I love you guys, and we listen to you all the time. Thank you. <laughs> and to, er, to Adam, mm -hmm. I wanted to say thanks to you. I am very proud of my breasts now <laughs> good so um, it must be big yeah <laughs> oh okay they're, they're kind of annoying because if they're small breasts i'd be um, delivering the wrong message <laughs> a dangerous method uh, no. message at that Drew. <laughs> uh, so how large are your breasts by the way they're um i'm a 38c mm. so i used Very to be nice. really embarrassed because of them but, you know, I, I listen to you guys all the time, and, mm -hmm. and thanks to Adam, I really like him now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> C cup is not the world's largest cup. I mean... No, it's not, but being a 38 makes you seem really big. Well, because your back is, is big or broad? Yeah, I have, I have really broad shoulders, and mm -hmm. so they, they tend to stick out more. I mean, I have some things Yeah. Me, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, like those great, uh, you know, Jane Russell bra ads from the 50s. <laughs> exactly. Oh. I miss those days. <laughs> what was that? What were we thinking about as a society, like during the 50s and 60s, when women, you know, you see those like old Natalie Wood movies, and, and her breasts look like someone uh, took, um, you know, two uh, trumpet mutes. <laughs> All right, wait, I better go with something a little more uh, accessible for the kids. Like two number two pencils and just sharpened them and stood them up. You know, just put the eraser end against her chest and somehow sort of balance them like a circus tent pole, right, you know? Right, right. Pow! 
and nobody like like their you know their co-actors or their you know leading men like no one went holy christ look at that and there was that whole lift and separate thing remember that yeah it was like it was like he had one breast under one arm and pointing straight out and the other one was under the other arm and pointing straight out i kind of miss that though i know anyway you still have the vintage films aren't you I love that stuff. Yeah, yeah, nothing better than that. Like old it's a, it's a, it, it is really a fetish for you because it, it it is really what you saw when you were going through your stuff that your brain latches onto. Right. Thank you. All right, Heather. So um, you have uh, nice cans, and it now you can enjoy them. Yes. All right. What's Good. going on? Okay. Uh, my question was is that I was on Depper Provera. Yeah. Um, for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. uh, I got off Depo in July. Mm -hmm. And my last period before that was in April, but I haven't had one since. Were you menstruating normally on the shot? or No, I wasn't. Just occasionally or what? It was pretty much like once every six, seven months. Okay, and you so just really... It was really, it, it was really unnormal. And you're still sort of on the same pattern now? Even. I think so. I, I had a pregnancy test done twice, and they both came out negative. Are you on any other medications? Uh, no. Your your uh, nutritional status is normal? You haven't lost a bunch of weight or anything? As far as I know, yeah. You know. We tend to eat pretty healthy. Okay. <laughs> I, just, well, I just wanted to know if there was something I should worry about. Not worry about, but uh, it's some, it's a good idea to see if you can get the cycling reestablished, both for the standpoint of uh, fertility issues, and I don't think you have to worry about anything. Okay. And, um, you know, you, people feel better when they're cycling normally, and you worry about the circulating levels of estrogen. If those are down, it can affect your bone density, this sort of thing. So it's an important thing. Just make sure your body's back on track again. It's nothing you have to worry about. You're not in harm's way, but uh, get it checked out. There can be other endocrine disturbances, too. There can be a sign of, like, thyroid, that sort of thing, so it needs to be ruled out. And every woman within the sound of my voice, because I'm going to try to bring this uh, fashion back, back in vogue, should take the little piece of material that is between the two cups of the bra. I want them to add uh, a four-inch extension strip to that piece, and then... I'll tell you where I want you to get that material. I want you to cut it out of the shoulder, the top shoulder piece, two inches off the right shoulder, two inches off the left shoulder, and then add that extension piece to the center cups. You see what that you see what that would achieve, Drew? No, I don't get it. I don't, I, I'm not a. Uh, oh, for Christ's sake! Visual that way. I, I don't understand. We get the, what you're talking about from the shoulder, even. What are you talking about? Let's go to break. Did you just say lift and separate? Yeah. Okay. We'll go to break. That means taking, right. taking stuff away from I, the middle. I, I, I got to yell at you during the break. Okay. I don't go in for these backdoor shenanigans. Shenanigans. Blinds Galore, heads up, everyone. Blinds Galore Cyber Sale is here. They're giving you up to 50% off everything. Starts the 24th, and it will not last long. Of course, you know Blinds Galore. They define true custom. Get what you want. Beautiful new window coverings made exactly to your specifications. They sell only custom, meaning your blinds will be just made for you. Blinds Galore is a pioneer custom window treatments. They have covered over 2 million windows and counting. They know exactly how to get blinds right at the right price. These window treatments were not lying around on a shelf somewhere. These were made specifically for you to your specifications. Don't bother with the stress of going out to a store, dealing with the employees. 
Blinds Galore gives you all the tools you'll need to get it done at home, on your own. You don't even need to put a shirt on. They have their own team of experts headquartered in California. Blinds Galore makes it easy to get the custom blinds and shades you've always wanted in your home. Do not forget, their cyber sale is happening now. So go check out BlindsGalore.com and let them know I sent you. That is BlindsGalore.com. Mike, I just put the headphones on. Oh, peanut from 311. Yeah. 311 was great last night. Jesus, they sounded good. And, you know, there's certain bands that, um, can you turn that extreme off, uh, please? Certain bands where you like their music, but you kind of think, uh, boy, that's going to be tough to pull off. 311 is one of those bands. They have, like, a lot of layered harmonies and, you know, harmonies over rap riffs and stuff. And you're thinking to yourself, this is going to be, this is something they had to do in the studio and they had to, like, do it track by track and then right. put it together. Right. It's not going to be easy to pull off uh, on stage, especially considering uh, that half the bands are drunk and stoned when they're out there. But You made uh, a comment about that last time, too. I did? But you felt everybody had been getting it together and that seemed to, things seemed to be kind of... Uh, I think drugs are on the uh, on the comeback. That was your sort trail. of take. Sort of seen that way. Is that the audience or the backstage? Just thing? everybody. There certainly were a few uh, shining examples of that last night, weren't there? Yeah. Well, anyway, the point is, is I realize these bands, no matter how loaded they are, they can perform. Yeah. I mean, uh, absolutely. Maybe that's the the way they're used to doing it. I don't know who was loaded and who wasn't. But the point is, is 311 sounded awesome. Didn't you hear them? Yeah. Yeah, you don't know anything about 311. No. Okay. It's fun to watch a concert with Drew because um, here's here's how uh, me and Drew watch a concert because we were forced to watch it for a couple of hours last night together. It's like um, <clears throat> here's our, our um, behind the scenes commentary. Well, well, first, we're pretending we're fine. <laughs> we have because we have headsets. Yeah, Drew and I both had these headsets on uh, that had a little built-in microphone that we could only hear each other on, and oh, it sounded. And so we were having a little fun going, uh, um, "Zebra, this is Mother Goose," but. Um, and it never got tiring for us either. It was a laugh every time. Times, yeah. But the thing about watching a concert with Drew is that here's how it goes. Um, here's Drew. Who are these guys? Um, this is Third Eye Blind. We have those guys on the show? Yeah, we did. Which one uh, did we have? Um, we had um, lead singer uh, Mark. We had uh, DJ uh, Homicide. Uh, which one, Steve? Sugar Ray now? Oh, sorry. Sugar. Ah. All, right, all right. Sorry. All right. I'm moving bands here. Sugar Ray. Right. All right. Well, we'll go to Sugar Ray because this one's better because you did the same thing with Sugar Ray. Sugar Ray and Third Eye Blind, I think we're... Well, then I went, oh, yeah, those are the guys from Newport. They're pretty much... just said that. Pretty much back to back, I think. So right. here's a good one. So I go, um, we had uh, DJ Homicide, and he goes... Uh, which one? See, I go. He's the black guy spinning the records, no, playing the records, and, <laughs> playing the records. <laughs> Drew goes, uh, "What black guy?" I said, "There's a black. There's no black guy out on stage. He's wearing a wig. He's spinning the record. Remember, remember, Annie was wearing a wearing a wig the whole time. I talked to him and his mom backstage, by the way. Wow, real uh, both of them, real nice. But uh, anyway, always fun to uh, describe <clears throat> to Drew who we've had on the show and what they're doing. And then Drew goes. Third Eye Blind, what song do they sing? And um, I'm like, you know this? No, I don't know. No, I don't know. And then they, they go into Semi-Charm Life. And like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm hip to this one. I've heard this one. Yeah. Uh, we're what's try, this we're one? trying Julia again. It's just for me. Okay, Julia. We're going to yeah. try again. Oh, you're 24. Oh, we're trying you again? Gee, this seems like a mistake. All right, you're on Loveline. 
Hi. All right, you haven't dated in three years. Right. You're working four jobs, and you want to know what's no, up. No, she's had two, three two-month relationships. She's right. working four jobs because she's avoiding certain things about she's her She's never life. really had a long-term right. relationship. And she acknowledges that she's using work to avoid something. Are you a virgin? No. Mm -hmm. Are you close, are you close to being a virgin? Did you get that? No. Yeah. No. Nuh-uh. You're all right. Um, I think there came a point where I decided I didn't want to be one anymore, so I... Mm -hmm. took care of that. Yeah. I decided that, uh, too, about four years before I lost my virginity. That's the beauty of being a guy. I decided at age 13, uh, enough with this virginity stuff. It's holding me down, and uh, a good four years later, I was able to steal some sex. All right, so uh, you like your dad? Yeah, I do. You do? Actually, yeah. What, okay, what are well, these things that you were alleging or you're avoiding? Um, uh, well, I guess I... I wonder if I uh, am afraid of rejection, obviously, and uh, um, I, I think that I <laughs> I don't want to enter into anything unless I know it's going to work. I think mm -hmm. that extends to all aspects of my life. Mm -hmm. I don't want to fail. So you're risk risk aversive, huh? Uh, well, I go with you. Yeah. I <laughs> I just I will never um, try anything unless I know that I'm going to succeed at it. I don't know that there is such a thing in life. Really, I mean, guaranteed success, guaranteed anything. Uh, I mean, you have to be mm -hmm. craft macaroni and cheese. That is guaranteed okay. success, right. except right. for the time I got stoned and opened the cheese packet and dumped it right into the boiling water oh, yes. with the uh, thing yes. in there. I don't know if you've yeah, ever done could, that. Could but be an earthquake. That's true. You ever forgotten the butter? Mm, I go light on the butter, but I put a little milk in there. Yeah. But I put the cheese in first, so the heat from the noodles yes. sort of uh, yes. mixes it up a little, and melts it. Um, I'm hungry now. Uh, who we talking to? I can't remember. Julia? Yeah? All right. You don't have a real specific question, so we don't have a real specific answer well, for you. And I'm not trying to be an a-hole. Let, let, me, let, me let me just propose a, another way of approaching such intense fear of uh, outcome, fear of failing, fear of uh, vulnerability. And I, I personally find a way of dealing with it, because I'm kind of that kind of person, too, is to always be prepared to manage the consequences. Always be prepared to have a backup plan to be able to manage. When, when you walk in, you, you always got to be willing to take risk in life, but you, but it, it's somewhat self-soothing to think about what you're going to do depending on what the circumstances are that, that uh, show themselves. Just always have plans of action to take should things right. not go but This isn't really her problem. I mean, it's not about something there's pragmatic. Something, there's something much more. Yeah, some it. emotional stuff yeah. going on. So a little therapy. Drew, stop with the chair, please. Yeah. <laughs> That's like uh, working with the C-3PO. Who's the little one? R2-D2. R2-D2? Oh, for Christ's sake. That's the one I thought, and then I thought, you know what? You're so... Um, Star Wars um, impaired that you it must be the wrong answer. You, you got to go with the other one. One of my kids is getting into it now, so. Oh, no. Samantha. Hi. Hey, you're 15. Yeah, my problem is that my parents divorced when I was five, and I recently learned that the person I thought was my father might not be my father, and I don't know if I should tell him or not. Wait, the, they divorced? You just found out they had divorced when you were five? Well, no, I knew they divorced when I was five, but the person that I've been visiting and Hold on one second. Did you guys know that Obi Wan Kenobi was Wan? W O N? Yeah, always thought Not it was. Not O N E? Everyone says Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Obi Wan Kenobi. It's, it's Wan. Really? It's w O N. I had no idea. I was at um, uh, that big uh, SFL Schwartz, uh, SHO, whatever. 
in New York and saw a big sign, and there was his name, and I thought it was a typo. It's Obi uh, Wan Kenobi. Interesting. And I spell Kenobi. Uh, who cares? The point. No, it's not you. No. It's they, what? The original guy they wanted to use was uh, Obi Wan Valdezzi. <laughs> no. Obi Wan Kenobi. But. Um, Naturally, the guy, and you know when you have these, when when you have these, these when you realize these things, you're always with the wrong person. Uh, I was with Jimmy. Oh. And Jimmy said, uh, oh, yeah. And I, I said, it. oh, please. Oh, yeah. I said, oh, yeah, okay, you know, but everyone I know says Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yes, in fact, no, I've seen no, license plates. I've seen license plates, Obi-Wan. Right. Uh, but he's there to tell me, no, no, it's always been this way. He Everyone knew knows that. He knew it in And he knew it in 1972 yeah. when he saw the original manuscript. All right, all right, a minute. Oh, we got Samantha? Yeah. Sorry. Do you think it was Obi-Wan Kenobi or Obi-Wan Kenobi? I always thought it was Obi-Wan. There you go. Oh, thank God. Now, where is your real father? He lives in Europe. Well, I don't know where my person that my mom told me that she thinks is my dad is. So, in other words... You, your mom got pregnant, then she married a guy that you've been calling dad, then divorced him. Right. I see. And wh who is the guy that she thinks was biologically her father? He was, um, her, I don't know. I what, don't know what, was, what was the nature of her relationship with him? Um, it was sort of one night stand. And, and why did she decide? Rody chick who wanted to get in to see Electric Flag in 1978. Yeah, a little before her time. It's like 1984 as much as she was. Wanted to see Flock of Seagulls. There you go. In 1984. Um, what what led her to tell you this at this point in time? Um, it was her ex-boyfriend, and he was getting mad at her, so he told me this, and then I asked her about it. Okay. This guy sounds uh, like a real mature gent. How about mom getting into all this stuff? Oh, okay, but imagine this guy. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to go, uh, I'm pissed off at your mom, tell so you I'm going to drop the bomb on your 15-year-old. Oh, gee. Uh, this guy's all class. Yeah, like I really got to question mom getting involved with a guy like that. Oh, no. And her whole series of uh, no question. wonder partners. Yeah. All right, Samantha. Yeah. We got to go to break. Okay. We, oh, you're kidding. We just came back. I know, because we're doing good radio, and it's really flying by. Just said that so I could see the look on Ann's face. Uh, Samantha? Yeah. We're going to go to break. We're going to come back, and we're going to sort out your life. Okay. Because, um, you know, this is one of, of many problems. Mm -hmm. But uh, we're going to put a few of them to bed, all right? All right. All right, hang on. We'll be back. All right, everybody. True Car, you know how much I love these guys and their app. I spend uh, a lot of time on it. And it's a way to see exactly what's going on in your area. Pick a car, learn about the cars, and see what people are paying for the very car, the exact car you want. You know, there was previous ways to buy cars. You went and hang out on a lot. Now technology evolves. Everything evolves. Buying cars evolves. It advances. It makes sense that there's a new and better way to buy a car. Well, that's now called True Car. The True Car app, it's special, unique. Their certified dealer network is unsurpassed. They partnered with over 10,000 True Car certified dealers that believe in a new way to buy a car. It's hassle-free. It's easy. It's fun. Use the True Car app. You can get guaranteed savings. True Car certified dealers will honor the savings that are guaranteed and locked in at True Car on your True Car app. It is that simple. True Car and True Car certified dealers. And using True Car certified dealers, you will save an average of $3,221 off MSRP. No headaches, no hassle. It's fun. And if you don't even want to buy a car, you just want to learn about it, check out the app. Two million cars sold through True Car certified dealer network, and you will work directly with the certified dealer contact. It is easy, it's evolved, it's technology, it's made simple. It's about time. <laughs> 
everybody, this is Art from Everclear, and you're listening to Love Lion with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Mm-hmm. That's, just, that's just art, isn't it? That is just art. Man, I love that art. Saw art last night. Saw the night before. Yeah, did, yeah. Everclear was really good last night, too. So one of kind of early, and then I saw art, and then uh, it's such a... Um, we're talking about the uh, K-Rock acoustic Christmas last night. It's just such a scene that um, you you pass by people. You're in this like sea of humanity. You uh, agree to uh, catch each other later, and uh, never do. Never is to be, <laughs> except for the people you really don't want to run into, and then you run into those people all night. <laughs> All right, phone number 1-800-LVE-191, fax number 310-854-4455. All right, now, Samantha here on Loveland. Um, well, let me just tell you what's going on. Tomorrow night, we have David Arquette, the uh, world's craziest actor, David Arquette. He's going to be in here talking about Scream 2. He was in Scream 1, and um, he's uh, like the big man in Scream 2. Real nice guy, uh, loves the show. And uh, I guarantee a good show with David Arquette. Yes. Okay. He usually shows up with other people too. Then. Yeah. He has a. Uh, uh, he is the only white man with a posse. Jamie. He uh, got Mini Driver. Right. Oh right. Yeah. Yeah. He goes. Can she come on? We're like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought they were going out or something. They, they were. Seemed, yeah. Man. Oh boy. If they had a kid, it would have to be taken away immediately. <laughs> <laughs> really would. Oh come on! Don't give me that look, Ann. You know, listen, celebrities should not be able to get together and have kids. They really shouldn't. Let's do that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so David will be in uh, tomorrow. When is Minnie Driver coming back on the show, for that matter, since she only came in uh, when she was dragged by David Arquette? I'll work on that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Jamie Kennedy, who was like the last guy alive in Scream, the first one, was also in the second Scream, who we also had on the TV show, I believe, is a nice guy, is going to be in... Probably on Tuesdays, flying in from Baltimore, and there's this and that and the other, but uh, he should be in on Tuesday, so it's a big uh, one-two punch with the scream. Wednesday's open, and then Thursday is John Hyatt. John Hyatt is a name that uh, some of you may not know, but uh, is a name I certainly know. He's a guy I have um, all but, well, I'd say worshipped hmm. is a good way to describe it. Uh, since I started listening to him on K-Rock mm. about 1979. Wow. Back when they uh, used to play just about anybody. Uh, he's gone on to be one of the more prolific songwriters. And um, he's one of these guys who uh, constantly gets, you know, like when um, Rolling Stone does their um, reader's poll. And um, they always pick, like, Prince as the uh, top male vocalist or songwriter or, or um, John Cougar Mellencamp or some idiot like that. Uh, John Hyde always makes it on the critics' uh, mm. list for uh, singer, songwriter, or vocalist or whatever. Uh, for my money, with um, no... Uh, no hyperbole here. I would say the best um, songwriter uh, of the last uh, 15 years. Wow. John Hyatt. Absolutely. Okay. And I'm going to go see him Friday night at the Will Turn, and I'm going to uh, scream like one of those girls in the old uh, Beatles. Beatles footage uh, wow. file footage things. Yes. I love this man, and uh, I'll be... Uh, uh, I got into radio to meet uh, John Hyatt, so I'll be looking forward to that. Samantha? Yeah. Okay, so mom, mom had an affair. Right, Samantha doesn't even you. sound right, does she? Yeah, well, Samantha's obviously been through a lot. Oh boy. Uh, mom married another guy, then divorced him. Uh, she allowed you to 
be raised and grow up to this point under the assumption that that was your biological father. Right. And you have a, another stepfather, too? Um, no. She hasn't gotten remarried since then. Okay. And it sounds like a pretty chaotic uh, life. Is that a, true? Yeah. Yeah. And Are you in school? She found out because yeah. the, pre the, boy girl, the mom's present boyfriend that got mad at mom and uh, dumped this on the daughter. Which right. uh, yeah. um, deserves a the the boot of justice in, in the groin of guilt. Yeah, and yeah, uh, and just guys like that just need to be just I don't know uh, how uh, else to deal with them other than to just a boot in the nards. I mean, he is behaving like a twelve-year-old. Oh my God! Quite literally. All right. So is this guy out of the picture? By the way, the guy who told you about your real dad? No, not really. Uh, I mean, still around? Yeah, he has another wife too. Oh, no, he's very great. nice. Very mm -hmm. nice. What's with your mom? I don't know. She grew up in Japan. She was raised really proper. Hadn't seen another guy until she came to America. But mm. she's she been, been making up for it since. Yeah. She Japanese? Yeah. I see. All right. So, all right. Here's the deal, Samantha. Uh, you're 15. I don't think you're going to be able to do anything about finding your real or biological dad in Europe at this stage. Don't see life. where it serves any purpose. No, at all. Can't see it helping anything. No, I could certainly see you wanting to pursue this later on in life at some point for some, you know, whatever emotional curiosity it would satisfy. But at this point, don't do it. It seems to me that it's going to be a distraction. Add and to the chaos. Probably disappointment. Yeah, add too. to the chaos and not serve any purpose. So. Try to create as much structure in your life. Rely on friends. Try to get some close friendships together so you can sort of weather the stormy seas that your mom is uh, navigating and not rely on her to uh, okay. be that support for you. Okay? And, uh, you're in school. You get great. You get, get okay grades? Uh, okay. Okay? Focus on school. That's yeah, much get, more important. Get decent grades. Uh, take the SAT. Uh, cheat if you have to. Get out of there. Uh, get yeah. out of there. Go to college somewhere. And uh, then, you know, when things start to settle in with a career and all that kind of stuff, then go ahead and check this one off the list. You know, when I, last night at the concert, uh -oh. met one of the guys that you had chastised about junior college. I was just thinking you could have told her, well, if there's a financial problem, go to junior college and then <laughs> get a pathway into one of the universities. And right. And uh, this guy had gone on to Yale Architecture School, member of Sculpting School. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, is a tune, though. <laughs> the guy was, the guy was, he reminded me of like a, some kind of Vietnam veteran. All right. All right, nice guy. Yeah. Uh, went on a little too long about uh, what I needed to do to improve the TV show, which is always, uh, listen, uh, all you a-holes who I run into with all your notes about uh, what I need to do to improve the show, shut the F up. Trying to drink a beer, eat a pretzel, and bang my head. I don't need to uh, have uh, every every public appearance turn into a, uh, a goddamn uh, closed door uh, producers meeting or something. As though as we have any power to do anything. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I'm walking around with a beer in my hand, uh, just trying to enjoy the concert, and I got to get everyone's two cents. Please, it's like unless uh, I'm just some idiot trying to make a buck. Leave me alone, all of you. All right, anyway, nice guy, invented uh, Legos or something. Something like that. Something like that. Zoops. His girlfriend, his girlfriend was great. No, was that his girlfriend? No, they were just, they were worked together. Yeah, his girlfriend, or the girl he worked with, who was equally sort of brilliant and nutty at the same time, said, uh, like many people do who speak to Drew and myself, hey, listen, um, um, I hate to interrupt. I don't want to bug you. I know you guys get bothered all the time, but uh, we just want to say hi, fans of the show, and uh, appreciate what you're doing. By the way, Adam, during the uh, TV show, uh, 
there uh, seems to be the audience uh, is an unnecessary uh, factor in that. And you, uh, you go back and forth with Drew just a little too much. You'd be better off getting in and out of the calls just a little fa faster. And uh, but then the chick pipes up and says to Drew, hey, uh, can you use your cell phone? <laughs> That's right. Drew hands this strange chick her cell phone. And she gets on the phone. She's calling her sister, uh, telling her that she's at the concert and can't make this or that. So the people that, you know, didn't want to take up any of our time and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Now I'm being criticized roundly by one of them for my performance on the TV show. And the other one's using Drew's phone. <laughs> and we're standing around and I say, uh, listen, we got to get out of here. We got to go, uh, we got to go not bring out uh, Green Day or something or, or whatever. So we start to, like, leave, and she's still on the phone, and then she says, um, yeah, yeah, um, here, talk to Drew. And hands the phone to Drew, and then Drew and I walk away from the two. Nice to meet you. And Drew's now talking to this woman's sister. He's never spoken to before in his life as we're uh, walking uh, backstage at the amphitheater. And Drew chats for a while and then says, okay, let's see. <laughs> Did she have some question or something? Yeah. Oh, it was like some something personal? Yeah. Okay. What was it? Yeah. We don't know her. Not, you don't know worth, her. Not worth the quoting. Wow. All right. It was still pretty funny to uh, have someone not want to impose and then ask... People are so strange. ...to use your cell phone... They were very... ...and then hand the phone over to Troy Time Assistant. Yeah, they were both nice. Smart, nutty, nice. But, uh... Interesting combination. I was ready to move on, yeah. Vivian. Yeah. Uh, you're 18... Yeah. What's going on there? Um, I was dating this guy for like five months. And two weeks ago, um, we got in a huge fight because we went over to his um, ex-girlfriend of two years. We went over to her house. And they sit out in the garage for like 45 minutes talking right while I was sitting in her house. While well, you were sitting in the house? Yeah. And I was just like, okay, you know, no big deal. They're just trying to make up because she's a total psycho. She tries to beat me up all the time. Uh, this already is way out of, out of line. Oh, yeah. So I totally avoid her, right? Yeah, but you're sitting in her house while they're in the garage? Yeah. And Please. Well, they were like... Well, all right. But let, let's let just say he went over there to clear the, the air a little bit. Why did he bit. bring Vivian? I No, I, he asked me. He's like, can we go over there? Because there's nothing going on. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. He's 22. So he's older than me. And I was like... How old is she? She's like 19. But the thing is, is she's got a stupid idea so she can go to bars with him and I don't go, you know? don't know what's going on. Anyway, so I'm sitting across, we leave, and I'm like, okay, you know, no big deal. And I told him, I was like, that really irritates me that, you know, you left me in there. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I live out by Seattle, so it's like totally pouring rain. He leaves me on my road that I live on. I walk home in the rain because, I mean, I got out of the car and I'm like an idiot. What? Why? Because he was just driving like 60 miles an hour. Or mm -hmm. like Be you guys were fighting over yeah. this whole... This and I was just like, yeah, just leave me alone, you know? So, um... So he calls me and everything, and he's like, he's like, I don't want to talk to you, whatever, you know. So I'm like, okay. Right. So I go to his house the next day. This is the day before my birthday. Oh, hold on a second. We got to go to break. Um, all right. All right, but listen, this is gripping. Well, hold on. We'll go to break, and we'll uh, finish this one off. Oh, boy. So I'm uh, sitting in her house, and I'm like, whatever. And he, like, comes back, and he's like, whatever. And then so I'm like, you know, whatever. So then we're driving down, and uh, we're going, like, 60. So I and I, I say, like, get out of the car. And he's just like, fine. So I'm like, whatever. So I'm out of the car. And then he calls me the next day and tries to, like, apologize or whatever. So I'm like, whatever. And it's cool. And then, you know, it's like, oh. I, I'm waiting to say, like, so then he uh, takes, like, a uh, rusty sprinkler key. And he uh, rips my intestines uh, out. Rips my intestines out. And I'm like, whatever with the intestines. And then he's like, sorry. But you can tell he's more like, whatever than sorry. <laughs> oh, 
Vivian is um, she's pretty hang loose, this Vivian. I like this. I like to date someone like this. So then I walk uh, 60 miles home in the rain, but I'm like, whatever. And he calls, and he's like, whatever. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. Okay. Why don't you start rapping at this time? I'm sorry, that was really bad. This week, Brett Easton Ellis sat down with director Eli Roth. It's unbelievable to me what f***ing children these people are. Everybody wants a trophy. Everybody wants everything childproof for them. They all want their voices heard. And the truth is, like, it's not always going to happen. The world isn't there to hold your hand and take care of you and be a warm and cuddly place. It's really rough. It's really, it's awful. People do get marginalized. And yeah, you have to speak up for that where there's injustice. But pick your battles, people. Don't go after some teacher that's defending your right to wear a Halloween. <laughs> Costume. The Brett Easton Ellis Podcast. Download it now at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Bad love line. I'm Adam Cross, Dr. Drew. And we will be back in 10 seconds. This is Love Line on Radio Station. Hello there, it is Adam Carolla, that is Dr. Drew, the show's love line, no guests tonight, the fabulous David Arquette and friends will be in tomorrow night to uh, talk about Scream. David Arquette is um, the brother of the other Arquettes, <laughs> you know, uh, Amanda and uh, Betty Lou, or mm -hmm. not the, you know, uh, Rosemary, oh. Roseanne, 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 and uh, what's the, um, what's the other Arquette sister? Patricia. 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 Who was, like, really on fire career-wise about mm, three years ago, and I haven't heard that. I think she got pregnant and, like, met somebody or something, dating somebody famous or something like that. Nicholas Cage. Oh, they're married? Married. Oh, okay. Is she, is she done less work and become more of, um, like, a mother or, or something I like that? I she had a baby. Was she in a movie with him? Was hmm? she in that last uh, The Rock with him? Was that her? Mm, maybe she, no, I don't think that was no. her. But anyway, all right. <laughs> That's beautiful. All right, anyway, David Arquette will be in here. And um, then on um, Tuesday, we'll have um, Pam Arquette, which is uh, their mom. <laughs> no. Okay. Where are we going, Drew? What is that, five? Vivian? So Vivian's back. Okay, so you're 18. And whatever. And whatever. And whatever. Okay. So I don't like this guy. Sounds like a pain in the ass. Why don't you just move on? Well, what happened is he slept with his ex-girlfriend three times. About uh, three times? Well, he came over to my house on Thanksgiving and he had this huge hickey on his neck and I was like... Vivian. Okay, Vivian. okay listen. Anybody well, gets a hickey's retarded. Vivian, listen, I, I hate to say that. I know it's a sweeping generalization and all that stuff. Uh, anyone over 16 who shows up at the house, a 22-year-old man who shows up at the house uh, with a hickey on Thanksgiving, he's just, he's just a retard. Forget it. Get rid of it. Why can't she deal in reality? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. What, what world are you living in? Why can't you deal with reality here? Oh, I totally do. The thing is, is that he just is like, I mean, he used to smoke pot every day, and he yeah. totally quit smoking pot because I was. Vivian. I was against it. But Vivian. He's doing all this stuff now. Vivian. Make it up. Yeah. All right. That's enough of him. What is the reality here? 
So you're just pretty much telling me just this. Yeah, we're not pretty much telling you. We're not not saying whatever. We're not saying whatever, but we're saying get involved in reality here. Reality is not about whatever. Reality is about the fact that this guy's an abusive a-hole. He's mistreating you. This is a horrific situation. You should be outraged that anybody could treat you like this, and you get out of that. And he's 22 and has a hickey. (laughs) I, I can't even... You know, the only time... Let me tell you what a hickey is for. I never really thought much about this. There's nothing that feels good about a hickey. Having uh, somebody, you know, suck on a part of your body till um, capillaries yeah, break yeah. and blood is drawn to that area. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily a pleasurable experience. Uh, wait a minute, let me think of one part. Yeah, okay. With the exception of one part. You know that part. The reason you get a hickey and the reason you do it in junior high, it's like a, a badge of honor. Hey, look at this. Yeah, pull the uh, old collar down from the turtleneck, show the guys in the locker room who are 13 and 14, and um, hard up as the day is long. And they understand that uh, even though you achieved it uh, using a uh, shot glass and a book of matches, they still think uh, that you got yourself a little nooky last night, right? Mm. That is what this is for. So the hickey is to prove that you've been with someone. And the reason you don't see hook, uh, hickeys on adults and even uh, later teens is because there, beco- there, becomes, uh, there comes a point in your life where you actually don't want people to know you've been with people. Right. That's what happens as you become an adult. You spend your entire you know, early years, 13, 14, 15, trying to convince everyone you've been with someone. And then uh, uh, here comes 22, 23, and you're trying to explain to everyone that you've not been with somebody, especially your current girlfriend. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why uh, you'll see less hickeys per capita on uh, 22-year-old guys than you will on 13-year-old guys. Yes. Am I right, Drew? Or whatever. All right. So when you have a 22-year-old with a hickey, that means his driver's license may say 22, but he has the brain of a 14-year-old. Correct. And and basically, uh, that's how it is with all people, no matter how old they are. Whatever it is they like, it means that's where their brain is. I put this theory together uh, some years ago, and it's brilliant. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, so your, I hear, your taste, here's, here's your, what I'm saying. Your taste determined your level of emotional development. Absolutely. Yeah. And here, here's the example I use. And we, I know we have time to talk because Ann and uh, Engineer Mike are enthralled in some sort of a video game over there. But, Ann, you can... We're you, looking at a guess that's coming okay, up. Okay, I'm sorry. You're doing love line homework. <laughs> you can appreciate this. You know how... You see a guy or a girl. For you, for girls, it may be uh, some sort of fashion thing. For guys, it's fashion, too. But for me, I always notice it with, like, cars. You see some guy, and he's driving down the street. He's got himself a mini pickup truck, and it's lowered, and it's got about $40,000 worth of stereo equipment in it, and this, that, and the other. And it's got, uh, it says, uh, Huggy Boy and Gothic right. Riding on his door, and it's yes. got uh, Chi-Chi Girl. On, because that's his uh, his bitch's name, you know. And, the, and anyway, I like the silhouette of the girl with the big boobs. Right, the, the chrome lab. chick. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> now you look at this car and you say, Jesus Christ, that guy's driving that car. He's 26 years old. It looks 26. Maybe he's 24. Whatever. And then you look at the car and you go, That's the kind of thing that I could see myself being into when I was like 13. Yeah. I would have thought that was boss. As a matter of fact, I would have made a deal with the devil that I would have driven that mini truck every day for the rest of my life <laughs> at age 13. But then you notice the guy behind the thing, there's a child seat on the passenger side. Uh. And the guy's smoking a Marlboro Red. And you're thinking, this guy's in his mid to late 20s. And then you go, what's he thinking about? Right. And then you realize 
his brain is where your brain was when you were 13. Yes. That's why he's digging it now at 27. And you women, and uh, not that fashion is uh, solely a woman's thing, but I think it should be, <laughs> quite honestly. But the point is, is when you see Anne, uh, Sherry, Lisa, when you see some woman who's put together some outfit or whatever, and you say, geez, that's something you could see yourself getting really into or even wearing when you're 14, 15 years old, but uh, not at her age, at uh, 28 or 30. Realize her brain is in the same spot your brain was at when you were 14 or 15. Right. And by the way, Fiona Apple's brain was in that spot when she was like nine. <laughs> nine months. Uh, just, uh, out, uh, just out of her mom or something. But different people's brains go in different, different times. You know what I'm saying? I mean, her, hers accelerated. Right. At nine months, she was 20. Right. Uh, you, you know what I mean? Though. Yes. Okay. I have so, no so, idea. So there's, people can move ahead, too, as well yeah, as behind. Yeah, it can be done. Yes. It doesn't happen very much. But like Doogie Howser. Yes. You know. I don't know if that was based on anything real. Uh, no, it wasn't based on anything real because the guy wasn't—he uh, wasn't Asian. <laughs> the kid who played the actor. And no white kid skips 14 grades. We all know that, please. And that's not making fun of the Asians, by the way. That's complimenting them. So please, <laughs> London. Yeah. You're 18. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on? Hey, did you get my little theory there, London? <laughs> no, what was it? Okay. Oh, is this Adam? Yeah. Yeah, I got the theory. Oh, cool. What's going on there? Oh, um, I was wondering what the long-term effects of Vicodin were. What do you mean the long-term effects? Long-term, like, I've been doing it for about, uh, like, six months, probably, like, twice a week. Vicodin's just a pretty powerful painkiller. Yeah, it's an opiate, and it causes a profound form of addiction. Yeah, it's like, I mean, I... I, I just it, it's the same thing as shooting heroin, basically. Mm -hmm. It's the same addictive disease. Well, it's a lot easier to get. It's, and it's by mouth instead of shooting. What's it make you feel like? Oh, it makes you feel great. So, uh, Is it kind of like a quaalude or something? No, it's opiate. Well, people who have family history of alcoholism have a very intense euphoria when they're exposed to opiates. And so I would predict, suspect, there's a family history of alcoholism somewhere in your background. Is that accurate? Uh, no. What's your ethnic background? Um, American, Mexican. Mm. Check out your family history because uh, th there is a usually when people are having that much of a, of a euphoria from the drug and when they feel that uh, well served by the drug, it yeah. usually suggests a certain biology. Lennon, how did you get hooked on the or started with the Vicodin in the first place? Well, my friend, his dad's a physician oh. and he has lots of samples, oh, like, candy man. like yeah. tons and tons of the samples and stuff. Um. We just started, and he said that it felt good, so he gave me a bunch of them. Like, we ended up, like, I would do it, like, three times when we dose it. And oh, you mean take, like, three pills? Yeah, three. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's a lot of Tylenol in there, and one of the things you can do is shut your liver down by taking yeah. a bunch of Tylenol. So that's one of the long-term. Oh, there's a lot of Tylenol in Vicodin? Yeah. It's Why? It's, it's complex in with it. It's just enhanced pain. But control. what happens to you, like, in the long term? Y you can die of addiction. Uh, really? Addiction is a prof it is the most serious form of addiction that there is the opiate dependency, and once it develops, there's there's no going back. It is a conditioning of of the reward centers of the brain, from which there is no turning back. There is only the potential for recovery and treatment. Uh, I never get anything good. I've never done a quaalude. Never got any good uh, pain meds, anything like that. None of those Elvis drugs. Although I did go out and get some pain medication and um, some. Um, Penicillin for my swollen jaw. Oh yeah, it's yeah. down a little bit. Uh, does it? Yeah. 
Yeah, maybe it is. You know, I, I got the uh, $3,800. Uh, mm -hmm. $3,800, you'd think the dentist would have left his effing watch in my mouth for 30, for 30 That's what I want, by the way. I go to a dentist and I pay $3,800 for them to do stuff. At least put a little radar device I want to, like, leave place. a Rolex yeah. in, in there. Yeah, yeah. Something. Some piece of equipment. So you excavate at some point. Other than that uh, sharp piece of cardboard you have to bite down on. For the, uh, you know, you stuff the refrigerator box yeah. in your mouth and hold still for the x-ray. Right. But anyway, it is now, uh, for some reason, a month and a half after the procedure started swelling up. I think that's because the insurance hasn't paid that <laughs> yet. And uh, that's what I would do if I was a, uh, a doctor. I'd put some, uh, something in there for like eh, about a month or two after the procedure. Stuff started going awry. Uh, and I could easily counter uh, counteract that. Uh, with the proper medications if, in fact, you had paid me off. And I think that's what's going on because i got to go back in there tomorrow. Willow. Yeah. You're 17. Hi. Hey. Um, I'm sorry. I was, like, almost asleep. Um, okay. I have... My boyfriend is a senior with me in high school. Mm -hmm. And we have two completely different, like, family lives. His mother's been married three times and has, like, children with each father and my parents are still married but anyway um my boyfriend's real father left him and his sister like two years ago about the same time i came into the picture mm -hmm. and i've been helping my boyfriend fight like alcohol and drug abuses left and right about three weeks ago my boyfriend's dad for the first time um we met him at the karaoke bar where he was working and he works um, at a karaoke bar yeah Mm -hmm. Is it karaoke or karaoke? Karaoke is a little no, no. frog figure that's uh, very popular. Yeah, like people, Kitty. people call karaoke karaoke, too, don't they? The one that works calls it, so that's why I got it. Uh -oh. It's supposed to be karaoke. Karaoke. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, they were. Uh, it's like when uh, that's like when Eric Estrada on a Bad Chips episode would ex uh, pronounce karate. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Oh, it was a great episode where he was teaching the ancient art of karate. <laughs> Danny Bonaduce, I think, was in that one. By the way. All right. So anyway, Willow. So she, okay. You met his dad. Yeah. I at this bar. Dad. Yeah, for the first time. And um, him and his dad, they were singing karaoke together. Mm. And, um, like, a few hours later, after my boyfriend had been drinking, um, he just, like, blew up and totally... He just started crying and punching his father. Well, that's got to be embarrassing uh, during the... Uh, right in the middle of a trailer for sale or rent. <laughs> God damn it, Dad! <laughs> Yeah, what, it was kind of like that. What song do they? Are they? What song do they sing? They sing, I believe. Everlasting love, huh? No, I believe I can fly. Boy, <laughs> who is that? Who's that? It's from a movie or something, isn't it? It's I don't know. Oh, that Bette Midler song, is it, or is that no, when? I believe. Um, I don't know. Who sings that song? <laughs> well, how's it go? Come on, Willa, because I really <laughs> want to picture it. Come on, give us a little bit of that. I don't know. I just said. You know. Come on, here I we can't believe I can fly. <laughs> like that. It's a song. I, I don't know what that one was. What the hell kind of duet is that? I'd do Don't Go Breaking My Heart if I was with my dad, right? He'd be Kiki D and I'd be Elton John. Yeah, don't That should be some Captain Tennille like song. Yeah, Captain would do Muskrat Love, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so anyway, he got drunk. He, he freaked out. Freaked out a little bit. 
Yeah, completely. And he he started like punching his father. Right. And then um, the next week on Saturday, he ditched me to go drink with his dad. Mm-hmm. And he ended up sleeping over there and uh, he got Willow, high. Willow, there's no high. You, you can't sh- look, you can't fight this. No. He, he has got a very sick father. I know. And he has got a gene. I know, I know. Because and, but worse than the gene is the sick dad, I'm telling you something. The gene's manageable compared to this dad. And the dad is endorsing his substance use, and you are not going to be able to change that, especially at this age. Certainly you can support what is healthy and good for him. You can educate him about the consequences of continued exposure to these substances. But, boy, this is a guy with a lot of heavy issues, a lot of chaos in his life, and uh, you're really sort of opening yourself up to quite a wild ride here. Um, make sure this is really what you want to do. If it really is what you want to do and you want to do it in a healthy way, you'd actually have to go to Al-Anon or Alateen, something like that, and try to get some support and work a program for yourself to try to see, to maintain appropriate boundaries in this, in this what will be a very chaotic and meshed relationship. I was uh, sitting at a fat burger last night about uh, 2.30 in the morning drunk. Seriously? Yeah, after the um, K-Rock Acoustic Christmas event. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, the dregs of society, they all file into whatever place is open. Yeah, including yourself. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, here's how it works. There's the place uh, you want to eat. You really want to eat at. Was closed. Was closed at ten. Whatever happened then, to Noggles anyway? No, it wasn't Noggles, but uh, I don't know. Del Taco bottom or uh, something. Uh. And that way they wouldn't have to change anything. Right. Now, hey, leave the beans. <laughs> We're just changing the sign. Uh, the place you wanted to eat at uh, closed at ten. Uh. No, actually, here's the packing order. The first place you wanted to eat at took reservations. Second place you want to eat at uh, closed at 10. The third place you want to eat at closed at midnight. The fourth place you wanted to eat at is open. closed at 2 a.m. And uh, the fifth place you wanted to eat at, which is uh, Fat Burger, open 24 hours. And uh, a whole bunch of other people that wanted to eat at a whole bunch of other different places, they swallow their pride. So it's crowded. And they head into Fat. Oh, it's crowded. That's the beauty. Like, like I remember going to, like, Jack in the Box when it was open. Let's go downtown to the pantry. Yeah. Jack in the Box would be open all night. It would be more crowded at 3.30 in the morning on a Saturday night than it was, you know, at lunchtime because uh, McDonald's was open, too. But the point is, is we uh, took a jukebox, we put on the song uh, Sky High by Jigsaw and had the entire place singing to it. Oh. And, uh, Engineer Mike, if you can find you've blown it all sky high... By the band Jigsaw at some point tonight, I would uh, really, really get uh, get get some wood for that at this point. <laughs> oh, okay, see what you can do, and we'll see if we can't uh, do a little love line uh, karaoke. Ugh. I mean uh, karaoke, <laughs> karaoke. All right, Scott. Hey, Angie or Mike, do you think you can find that? Do you? Oh, you have it at home. Oh, that's hot. Hey, David, turn it down. I'm annoying myself. Turn your radio down, David. It's going to take uh, ten seconds to get get to this point. Um, yes. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Ann, you know Jigsaw and Sky High? You, you blown it all sky high by telling me a lie. Oh yeah. Oh, hot, hot at Fat Burger about two thirty in the morning. Wow. Yeah, I had that place rocking. <laughs> David. Yeah. Right. What's going on? Um, I just had a question for uh, for Dr. Drew. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm 16, and I also 
am bisexual male, and I wanted to, like, I don't know, ask you a question about why it's sort of hard for me to find someone else around my age category who also share the same feelings that I have. So I've been having, like, a lot of difficulty dealing with that within the last few years. In fact. What is the difficulty you're having? Um, uh, it's just, like, the people who I associate with in high school and stuff like that, they all straight mainly, and um, I don't know. I mean, I have an idea that some of them may be going opposite directions or whatever, but it's like I don't really know for sure. And so what is the issue that you're having trouble dealing with? Well, it's like, you know, I could find girlfriends, but I don't want a girlfriend. Uh, why? Why? Mm, well, wait a minute, David. Let me ask you a quick bisexual question. Go for it. I believe a lot of women truly are just bisexual. They love women, they love men. I believe that men are bisexual for the period, the transition period between heterosexual and homosexual. They're like, well, they're still kind of heterosexual, but this new homosexual thing is starting to flood in. So they're technically bisexual for that period, but eventually they go uh, all the way. <laughs> they're uh, still in the half-mo phase, as I would uh I'd like it. Well, I mean, it seems acceptable, like, uh, you know, for females. I mean, I see females right. holding hands all the time. Oh, especially these days. We uh, we stand up and applaud. So that's why I'm exploring well, you with you. go down there, like, Santa Monica to the promenade, and you need to see it all night long. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm exploring what the issue is with you. It is that you have trouble finding support for yourself at a time in which you're having same-sex feelings. Correct. So you want other people. Have you gone to any gay and lesbian youth centers? Um, actually, I don't know of any. I mean, all the ones I know of, it's like adults. And it's like, I most don't want to go with anybody that's older than I. I'm not talking about for uh, social reasons. I'm talking about for, for counseling and support. I mean, most of them have outreach programs for young people. I would suggest you avail yourself of that. And this is really not about bisexuality, right? I mean, bisexuals don't have to date bisexuals. I mean, if you're bisexual, you can date a heterosexual female oh. or homosexual male. This is the beauty of being a bisexual, by the or way. Or bisexual female. Yeah, it's like a, being a dog. You can hump anything. But you're saying a bean you bag, chair, a pillow, a woman, a man, it doesn't matter. And this is sort of what Adam's picking up on. You're saying you don't want a girlfriend, you want a guy. And if, if that's what you right. want. Right, but if, like, sexually, I mean, sexually I'm attracted to a female, but I would want something to, like, share a relationship with a yeah. male. Wait a minute. Yeah. I, uh, David, you and I are on the same page here. Sexually, <laughs> I like women. But when it... But uh, who would I rather hanging out with? Oh, man. If a guy only had a vagina, Joe. Can you imagine how great I that would be? I'm not sure you could function without breasts. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah them too. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. Oh, setting up that Christmas tree would have been so easy with my gay lover today. Instead, I had my girlfriend trying to drag the thing up the stairs with me. It was a disaster. <laughs> All right, David. Uh, listen, yeah, I'm, I'm with Drew. Go... Go to the uh, Gay and Lesbian Youth Center, get a little counseling. Well, and find some people. Pick up some guy playing caroms over there and the or something. Kind of, well, no, but the kind of counseling that I'm looking for for him is just to have somebody who to share with him and support him for things that they've experienced when he, they were the same age. Okay. We'll be back. Hey, kiddies, Ace Man here. I sat down with the great Brian Cranston for a special one-on-one -on -one interview in honor of the launch of his new movie, Trumbo. 
Go to Podcast One now and subscribe to the newsletter by Sunday, November 22nd, for a special bonus video of myself and Cranston. And don't miss the podcast. Available Monday at Podcast One. Oh, okay. Hey, what shows it? What the hell? What the hell's that look for? All right. What are you guys doing? I don't know what's going on. Everyone over there has a. Why are you guys so worried about it? Everyone's got a big ass eating grin over there, and I always think uh, there's going to be something something embarrassing coming. Never. All right. Here's what we're going to do. We missed a funny conversation in there, which is Engineer Mike lives really close to the station, and he wants to run home and get his uh, best of the 70s. Oh, he's showing Lisa how to run the board. CD collection, right, which um, the song Jigsaw, uh, uh, sorry, the song Sky High by Jigsaw is on because it's something I was singing at at a Fatburger last night at 2.30 in the morning. And, in fact, pretty much got the whole Fatburger singing along with me because anyone who's at a Fatburger on a Saturday night at 2.30 in the morning? Loaded. Loaded. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you know how, like, cops hang out in front of bars and stuff like that trying to get uh, drunk? Try- Go to the Fat Burger about 2.30 in the morning. There's where you make the real arrest. Believe me. In and out is no different. In and out's not bad either. Yeah, and that's good because they're right in the car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you have to... Have to worry about them. You have to pull them over. Yeah, they're already in the car. <laughs> yeah, you just... Uh, just stay at that drive through Just... Yeah, I put, I put the right breathalyzer. I put yeah. I, I him blowing the breathalyzer the right as I got right right as I got to the cashier. Yeah. Well, anyway, so we're all singing this song now. Engineer Mike has this thing on CD. It's at his apartment. He was trying to convince Lisa to go get it. Uh, Lisa refused. I think she was scared of what she might find in Engineer Mike's uh, bachelor pad. Well, not to mention he's sending her out in the night in Culver City. Right. <laughs> well, he seemed pretty. And then when she refused, he was uh, asking Sherry to do it. And of course, Sherry refused. But I, I think it was uh, more fear of the uh, hamper than uh, gang members. I if I was reading Lisa right, you know that thing when you're walking around someone's apartment and they didn't have time to prep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that is my ultimate nightmare, by the way. Somebody coming into my room or house without me um, giving the place to once over. Prepping. You know what I'm saying? Both the girls looked frightened. And yeah. You know what? I'm just really not comfortable with that. They did, but you <laughs> know, the, the thing is, is when the person is begging you to do it, it means that um, it's probably squeaky clean or there's a big pit by the front door with many other uh, phone ops and screeners. <laughs> <laughs> it's just growing old down there. All right. No. Well, Lisa, why don't we play a song right now? No. Don't <laughs> screw with Lisa. Uh, now, Lisa's behind the board, or I should say on the board, and uh, Engineer Mike is running home to get a sing. So Lisa's the engineer, and um, she knows what she's doing. I try to stay away from using the F word oh. until Engineer Mike gets back. Well, you've got your blue. Oh, I do? Too, yeah. Okay. You cool? You want to try Drew Drop or something? Yeah. All right. Angela, here we go. Lisa's going to town. Angela? Oh, hi. What's up? Angela's asleep. Um, not much, but going great. Okay, um, I have, like, this boyfriend, and my mom really doesn't like him at all. And I think it might have started, like, over the summer. Like, I was talking to him on the phone, like, kind of late. And we were talking about how, like, um, like, I don't really know my real dad, and I have a stepdad. But, I mean, you know, my life's great. 
Yeah, I mean, the rest of that is not bad or anything. Whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I've always, like, always wondered about my real dad. I wanted to know what he looked like or if I looked like him and just stuff like that. Mm -hmm. We're just all over the place here. I, 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 yeah. I said, uh, listen, take it from someone who's um, actually lived with their biological parents for um, the first um, 18 years of life. You're gay. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. It's a disappointment. They're doing a touchdown dance in their family. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, thanks for ruining that joke. But uh, the point is, is uh, Lisa's first drop, everybody. And her last, by the way. No, she's doing a wonderful job. Oh, Engineer Mike's back. The point is, is your real parents, uh, always a disappointment. Uh, well, did you start out saying something about your boyfriend? Yeah. Well, you start out with that. <laughs> Okay, well... You went all the way from your boyfriend, your mom not liking him, to your real father. Well, all I know is uh, Jigsaw is in the house, so we better we better get to the question. Okay. What is the question, Angela? I don't know what to do like with my mom. She just she won't let me see him, and I really love him. Your yeah. boyfriend. Why does she hate him? Because he called my real dad for me, and like so I decided to call my real dad back, and I didn't really want to tell my mom about it. So like I finally ended up telling her, and she was like, you know, she was really, really pissed off at my boyfriend for doing that. Before that, she liked him? Huh? Before that, she had liked him? Um, she tolerated him. What is the problem with him as she sees it? She nitpicks everything. You know, I mean, he doesn't make the best grades in the world. And How old is he? Uh, he's 16. And what's he into? And she found out that I'm not a virgin anymore. And uh, Because mm -hmm. of him. With him, uh, right? You lost, you lost your yeah, virginity. Okay, we're going to hang up on you, Angela. <laughs> All right, listen, you got to speak when you're spoken to. Okay. You lost your virginity to him? Yes. Okay. And I ended up telling her that I shouldn't have done that. Right. Well, I mean, she'd always told me, you know, come to me, you know, never do that, and I'll put you on. <laughs> That's a ploy, me. believe me. That's like when the cops uh, pull you over and go, seriously, uh, I've drank a few and driven. What do you have? Mm -hmm. so, three, four well, beers? Uh, seriously, <laughs> just go and you go. You know, man, yeah, is it a bachelor apartment? I like five. Okay, now, now you're out of the car and spread eagle. Uh, immediately, uh, you know, ten seconds within divulging that information to them. All right, Angela, I still don't understand Angela's question, although I'm so excited about Sky High. Uh, Angela's been mumbling on the phone for the last three minutes. Is she having problems with her boyfriend? Or her mom doesn't mom like her boyfriend? Let her see the boyfriend because the boyfriend helped her contact her real father. Mm -hmm. And mother already didn't like the boyfriend, and she lost her virginity to this guy, and... I don't know. Okay. I don't know what to say. I don't know what we can say. Uh, uh, doesn't sound like a real prize, but uh, she really cares about him, and uh, she has to respect him. Uh, I'm done. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Jigsaw's in the house. That's all That's all I'm saying. You know, I realize uh, K-Rock has never played Jigsaw. Oh, they'd go nuts if uh, they heard it. And so would all the other radio stations were on. They would go absolutely insane if their alternative format was screwed up by uh, 1977's uh, Jigsaw doing Sky High. But... Um, Come on, Mike. I want to hear some of this. Can we sing uh, 1975? Oh, Drew is right. You called 75, didn't you? Yes, I did. All right, let's see if we can sing along a little. All right, it's 2.30 in the morning. And you know how when you're really drunk, you, you really get into stuff? Fat Burger. This is before the days of uh, electronic music, too. It's great when you're loaded, you're eating a chili dog, and you're doing the echo effect. So, so, huh? I gave you love. I thought that we could made it to the top. I gave you all I had to give. Why did it have to stop? 
You've blown it all sky high. Let's just dig the song for a second. It all sky high. The uh, El Salvadorian uh, short order cook behind the uh, counter was uh, not thrilled. I'm just imagining you singing like this when you were 17. With your headphones on, thinking that it sounded good. Singing along with the headset. There must have been a hundred songs that sound exactly like this that year. Yeah. Had that great it's, shaft it's, guitar in it, too. It's a disco yeah. Yeah. And this is sort of pre-disco. Yeah, but this, 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 no, this is disco. This, this is, this this is, where is 75, though. Yeah, but this is where that all started. All right, pot it up, Mike. Come on, let's bring it home. I gave you love. I thought that we had made it to the top. I gave you all I had to give. Done yet? Almost. You blown it all, Sky. You. There's a little. There's a little thing where he said, "Could have touched the sky coming up." We can do that. It's right here. Now here it is. All right, Mike, come on. Oh, wait a minute. What happened to the touch the sky part? Another version of it. Mm, that was the drunken jukebox, uh, 2:30 a.m. There probably was not a worse period in music history. I know, but this you, was the dogs. You're crazy. No, you still did no, that, don't me. you, Drew? Oh, this was the dogs on. playing poker period of oh. American music history. This is it. Awesome. No, uh, you this know what is it is? is. You know what it is? This is the Twinkie um, time of music, which is not good by any standards. Oh. If you gave a Frenchman a Twinkie, he would ram it into your uh, a hole. <laughs> but it tastes good. But man, but it's a Twinkie. One, and and you don't want to live off of them. But, but once in a while, when you're good and stoned, like they're it. just nothing like right. it. Right. And, and it was fun. And oh, you weren't alive. <laughs> you, were, yes, you weren't I there, was. I can tell. You were four. All right. I was dancing in my crib. All I know is we have, well, you're you up on your feet by the <laughs> Shut up. We have uh, Engineer Mike to thank for that uh, little uh, flashback. You know, it's on the saw. same uh, compilation as Convoy, if that tells you anything. C.J. McCall. You bet. Yeah. Uh, rubber Ducky. All right. We'll be back. Here's Loveline before deworming. Here's Loveline after getting fixed. Here's Loveline chewing out its stitches. Here's Loveline dragging its butt across the carpet. Bad Loveline. Bad Loveline. It's Loveline. I'm Adam Carolla. Dr. Drew. David Arquette tomorrow night. Then uh, Jamie Kennedy probably Tuesday. Both from Scream. Both in Scream 1 and now in Scream 2. And uh, then my idol, John Hyatt, will be in here on Thursday. I will shower that night before I come in and probably shower again after John Hyatt leaves. Uh, we just got done singing uh, Jigsaw. Uh, Sky High, which is one of the songs I sung after the K-Rock's Acoustic Christmas at the Fatburger on Ventura. 
there where I had managed to smuggle beer. Oh. Uh, you know you're uh, really uh -huh. winning out when at age 33 you're smuggling beer. Oh. Well, uh, open beer inside of my uh, jacket uh, pocket in the uh, breast pocket. Uh, smuggled one out of the amphitheater, actually two uh, out of the amphitheater and then uh, into, no, um, not out of the amphitheater, out of the uh, Sheraton Universal uh, rap party. And then, of course, uh, over to uh, over to the Fat Burger in Studio City, um, playing hits from the jukebox and uh, forcing uh, all the other loaded people in uh, the Fat Burger to sing along with us. Uh, Jigsaw was one we played twice, and uh, the other one, uh, Sherry, just remind me. We won't hear the whole song, but I, I got to hear just a just a taste of uh, Brother Louie because this is uh, no more annoying song than this, especially by uh, four drunken guys sitting around. Oh. Do you have that one, Engineer Mike? Was All right. You, well, well, Jimmy, we, yeah, me, Jimmy. Um, no, Cortland wasn't there. Um, Sal, uh, cousin Sal, uh, wives and girlfriends. Do you have it? Yeah. Now, sounding a little like Carol King at the beginning. Yeah. But it goes right into the thing. This is uh, singing about the interracial relationship back in what? What was this, Mike? Seventy-four. Now picture uh, guys, drunken guys. She was black. Yes and nine. 73. Louis was whiter than white. This is your song. Dance, dance around your taste brown You taste sugar. that brown sugar. See, Louis tasted that brown sugar. Nothing bad, it was good. I never got that line down. Louis had the best of cool. Still, we didn't figure that one out either. To meet his mama and papa. All right, everybody. Louie, 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 Louie. Louie, 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 Louie. Whole place joined in. Come on, Drew. Louie, Louie, Louie. Louie, you're going to die. Cry. Oh, yeah. Cry. All right, all right, Mike, about that. The greatest is at the end when it goes, Louie, 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 Oh, that yeah. was fun. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> Tasted that brown sugar. I miss that as a euphemism for uh, having sex with a black woman. <laughs> we got to work that back into the, uh, um, the pop mainstream, yeah. Songs about um, interracial dating. I miss that. Now everyone's got to... Uh, every, and all anyone sings about is some sort of uh, plight of uh, Belfast or something. You, you, know, you know what I mean? I, everyone uh, wants to, you know, singing about, like, I don't know, Stephen Biko or something. Everyone's got to they they have, have some sort of political message or you know, something like that. I miss the ones about interracial dating. Is this it? David, oh, David, David. I got to get the karaoke machine here for that. David. Yes. Hi there. What's up? Is that a is that a, a guy singing or a woman singing? Do you ever figure that one out? I never quite figure that out. David. Uh, yes. What can we do to help? Uh, you? I'm in an interracial relationship, and oh, you are. Yes. Louis, Louis. Um, hmm. How beautifully ironic, I guess. Right. Wh which one are you? Are you uh, Louis or? 
Uh, see, Louie was the white one, I think. Oh, see, I'm, I'm the black one. Oh, okay. Yeah, my mom, my mom considers my girlfriend a nice person, but she's sending mixed signals. Sometimes she, like, complains to me behind my back about the girl. Complains to you behind her back. Her back, yeah. Yeah, basically makes fun of the relationship. Mm -hmm. Your mom doesn't like this. Right. All right, but says she does. Well, I mean, you're 17, and so you're also probably really uh, sensitive to everything your parents say about whatever you're dating or doing. How old is she? Uh, she's 15. Ooh, that's old. What what is it she says about your tough girlfriend? two years in there, isn't it? Yeah, at uh, uh, 15 to 17. Yes, she's fairly uh, off color euphemisms. They're like cracker and stuff. Uh. Actually, Susie cream cheese. Oh, that's good. Hold on, let me write that down. That wouldn't work for a guy, though. Uh, yeah. Ronnie cream cheese? Eh, it just doesn't sound right, does it? Yeah. All right. So Susie cream cheese. All right. That's good. And um, and so you're saying your mom is a, is a bit racist? Uh, she tries not to be, but I think it's kind of inhuman nature. Yeah, that's true. Also, I mean, I'm not going to expect her to deny well, America's history or anything. Let me let me give you um, let me give you my take on a lot of these uh, interracial problems uh, when it comes to dating and youngins uh, like yourself and Susie Cream Cheese. Is her name Susie, by the way? No. Oh, okay. Now it's insulting. Um, <clears throat> the point. I'm guessing whatever name she has wouldn't go well with cream cheese. What would her name be? Uh, Locks Priscilla. I'm not sure. Okay, you don't want to say it. All right. So here's what I'm saying, David. It's not so much, or quite possibly not all that she's racist, but a lot of parents don't like whoever their kids are going out with, period. Uh, period. That's 16, what 17. That's I suspected. Hmm? That's what I suspected. And certainly, <clears throat> uh, is your mom kind of mm, involved in your life? Uh, yes, very. Yeah, and whenever parents are real involved with their kids' lives, no matter what color they are, they seem to um, get a little defensive about somebody bringing another woman or male into the thing. I mean, here's your mom, you're her boy, you're her man, and all of a sudden you're uh, Susie cream cheese. you're all you're all whipped up about Susie cream cheese, yeah. and she's hypothesis. <clears throat> Pardon me. Interesting uh, hypothesis. Thank you. And so, so she would be rather. Or as you say, what derogatory was that the term? Yeah, I think, and then and then I think she tends snide. to. Then you pick the person's uh, most obvious characteristic, which is that she's white. Uh, if you're black, and and by the way, if you're white, then if you're black, that's the most obvious characteristic. Of course, parents are intrusive often. If she was black, uh, they would have to move on to like if she was twenty pounds overweight, yeah. she'd be uh, chunky cream cheese <laughs> or uh, chunky chocolate or something like that. Yeah, but you see what I'm saying. And parents yeah. that are intrusive like this oftentimes uh, are always trying to pretend like they're not being intrusive. Like, and so they won't come up and say, "Gee, I'm really just you know I have a problem with this. Let me tell you about it." It's like it's always got to be couched in these sort of backhanded. Uh, right. Uh, they're not mature enough to say, yeah. uh, "I can feel you becoming a man. I can it feel you slipping me. away it from me." Me and uh, you know I'm uncomfortable with the race issue, and uh, you know maybe we can talk about. It. No, no, it's always just uh, sort of. Uh, the relationship is too tight and too enmeshed for there to be that kind of identification of you as a separate person. Mm. So, 
yeah. kind of thing you're dealing with, I think. I, I think what you should do, unfortunately, is be the mature one and just uh, call her out on it. You know, if she says, uh, where's Susie Cream Cheese, just stop it at that point. Like people do with the less mature person in the relationship right except for even though you're you know 25 years younger than she is you'll you'll go ahead and be the mature person and say uh, what do you mean by that what do you mean by cream cheese why why are you saying that uh that's i, I find that to be offensive because so on and so forth. because if you said to her i have a problem do you have a problem with her is there some issue they're gonna go no no no, I won't. no, no, no. you know what you don't have a sense of humor yeah right you got to pull her up short funny that uh we were just singing about uh louis being and then um, David called up the interracial. Yeah, it's, it's, it's as though we pick these calls randomly. All right. All right, bro. <laughs> I picked well, the call. Adam. All right. No, I know, but we don't get that many calls in He's in been general. sitting up there for half an hour, for an hour and a half. Uh, boy, you really managed to screw that up because it hasn't been a half hour. Minutes. It hasn't been an hour minutes. and a half. 50 minutes. All right. Sorry for nitpicking. Steve. Adam. Hey. Hey, buddy. Hey, you're 27. Um. Here's my here's my deal. Hey Steve. Yeah. Real quick. Yeah. You into jigsaw at all? <laughs> you into jigsaw? That's not my style, man. Okay. Hey Ann, let's book jigsaw. <laughs> Get jigsaw in here. See what Get they're the up Hopkins to. Hopkins in there. I'll be excited. They're uh, down at uh, Laughlin, I think, uh, opening a Burger King or something. <laughs> all right, Steve. What's your question? Okay. Uh, you're probably not going to believe this, but I guess you probably heard a lot anyway. But uh, I'm 27. Uh, I've been with my girlfriend for about six and a half years now. Uh, we've lived together, uh, sharing a one bedroom for about the past three years. Uh, she's a virgin. Mm hmm. Uh, wow. Yeah. How old did you say she was? She's, she's 25. Mm hmm. <clears throat> How much experience do you have? Uh, prior, I probably had like, well, three or four other partners before I met her, but that, that was six years ago. Mm -hmm. What's your question for us? Well, my question is, I guess, I mean, what, what can I do to uh, possibly spark some interest here? Or why, I mean, if she hasn't really initiated any kind of uh, interest, is this, I mean, I guess I'm at a bit of a crossroads here because I'm trying to consider some kind of a future here, but, you know, I think... Wait, you're, not, you're not discussing this with her? Yeah, well, actually, we... Before I called, we, we just probably had a hour and a half conversation about it. And what is her deal? It's a it's a, kind of a circular uh, spiral where she, you know, says, "Why well, I don't feel loved," and uh, because you know, well, you don't hug me, and you don't kiss me, you don't hold my hand. And I mean, from my perspective, I don't I don't get excited about doing that because I know really it's not it's not going to go anywhere past that. And that's you know, for her desire, she could probably be. You both uh, hang in in this limbo for six years, yeah, without moving it one way or the other, or at least getting it closer or a higher level of understanding about where each other is. Something's well, up, but there's there's some kind of inconsistencies because yes, something's up. Well, at, at the beginning, I mean, in like first year or two, I mean, we were you know sort of amorous, and we have had like like you know oral, okay, mm -hmm. on her part. So how much of that oral is she that? Felt out to you. Few and far between, but oh boy. you know it breaks the premise of you know penetration there. So right, um, it's, uh, the oral sex is really the equivalent to 
the woman, uh, it's like, like when a cat burglar breaks in a house and there's a dog and they take a pork chop and they throw it in the corner and the dog goes and chases it and it's kind of gnawing on it for a while while they're, you know, cleaning out the jewelry box. That's what that is. Eventually the dog, like, gets done with it and comes back sniffing around again. But it's certainly going to get him in and out of the house and, you know, it'll take care of him for a day. <laughs> All right, so so Steve, yeah. because we're running out of time here, does she want to remain a virgin until she's married? No, because uh, that was like way back before we started dating. I asked her, is, "Is marriage a prerequisite for you know for sex for you?" And she said, "No, at first, but mm, so that's not her issue." Starting to feel that way though. She's twenty five years old. She's been living with yeah, a guy. But that's not what she's telling him. She goes, "I don't feel loved." If she doesn't feel loved, why doesn't she get out of the relationship? Well, listen, there's a uh, there's. We got to wrap it up, but uh, Steve, there's definitely issues here more than her virginity, and, yeah. and and let's just put it this way: Why don't you forget about all, forget all about her virginity and find out what's really going and on just here. treat it as if you're having a problem in a relationship right. and 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 get to the bottom of it. It's going to be some therapy. It's going to be some stuff like that. There's some issues here. Anyone who's 25 and not doing it for re religious reasons has issues. Well, but, uh, it's not, but it's not even that though. Okay, it's not that. Okay, it's yeah. a vague uh, stuff. It's circular, and she's yeah. avoiding. He can't understand it. issues. Look, let's go listen to more jigs on the next one. Ernie, the world's fastest drummer for Loveline. Hi, when I'm not drumming, up a storm. <laughs> what was the rest of it? Loveline will be right back. If it's not, sue me or something. live song by UFO. Oh. All right. Hey. Toto. Hey. I want to thank uh, you all for joining us tonight. I want to thank the beautiful Lisa and the lovely Sherry and, of course, um, being the one producer and for uh, making tonight a fun show. I want to thank our guests at Jigsaw for coming in here tonight. And um, I want to thank the one that wonder engineer Mike for uh, bringing his 70s uh, collection in for us to uh, have a good time with. Uh, cue up a uh, driver's seat. Would you there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, come on, Drew. Tell me you're not hip to this one. Oh, it sounds to be. Wait a minute. Time All right, we're going to get out of here, but keep driver's seat going because I'm going to force it into Drew. He doesn't get to leave until he, he admits he remembers this one. Until next time, this is Sam Crow for Dr. Drew saying mahalo. This has been Loveline. The opinions expressed herein are certainly opinions. That's for sure. If you'd like a written transcript of today's program, you probably should have written it down yourself. And if you did, we'd like a copy. Loveline producer and... This concludes another PodcastOne.com program.